Greetings, weary travelers. Come, warm yourself by the fire, and let us regale you with mighty tales. Tales of adventure, tales of heroism, and of course, tales of Tamriel, brought to you by the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. I am your host this uh, episode, Lotus of Doom, and in Ark's absence, we actually have another guest this week. Uh, someone who I've actually gotten to hang out a couple times with in person at <laughs> PAX. Um, we have, in preparation for all of the PvP goodness coming up, Nelly Serendipity. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. No, I'm glad to actually... Uh, we kind of talked about this a little while ago, and then... PAX happened, and then the ESO event happened, and then all of the reveals keep happening, which made scheduling complicated. Um, <laughs> but this seemed kind of like the perfect time to have you on, because as we'll get into in a couple minutes, um, PvP is much more your side of things uh, in Elder <laughs> Scrolls Online, which... Listeners of the show and players of the game know that that's kind of like a mixed bag on what people think about portions of that. Um, <laughs> and I've long said that, like, out of all the events, uh, Mid-Year Mayhem, which is no longer called that, it's now White Strikes Mayhem, um, is my favorite event. And we actually have back-to-back -back versions of it coming up, which is going to be interesting. Um, so before we kind of get into all of the official in-game stuff, why don't we do a little bit of a background on you and why I kind of picked you to join us for this cast, because <laughs> I think you fit the mold for kind of discussing all this, uh, really kind of to a T here. So what's your background and tell us about like the misfits <laughs> and how you got started in all this goodness. <laughs> Well, thank you, first of all, for even thinking of me about all this. But, um, well, for those who don't know me, my name is Nellie, or Nellie Serendipity in ESO. And I have been running a PvP guild for the last three years. And uh, we are very popular all over Cyrodiil. First, we were in Blackreach, and then we moved to Greyhost about seven campaigns ago. But you'll probably see us rocking the tabard everywhere in PvP. <laughs> but, um... I think Lotus had the idea that I could come and tell you guys all about the excitement of White Strait, as we all know is going to be Mid-Year Mayhem. I don't care if they change the name to White Strait. Yeah, no, it's always Mid-Year Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> always going to be Mid-Year Mayhem. Um, but normally they do it twice a year, once around January and once around July, hence the mid-year. But um, with all the uh, server updates that they had going on at the beginning of the year, they decided to postpone the one that usually takes place around January. And that is why we are blessed with two back-to-back -back right here. Actually, what was it, 11th? The May uh, yeah, 11th it, it kicks off at the 11th. <gasps> so um, depending upon when you hear this show, like if you're not here with us live right now, um, it'll be like the upcoming Thursday. And the events kick off at 10 a.m. Eastern, I believe. So, yeah, and I believe it goes till the 23rd. I can double check that for everybody right now. But yeah, so we get some pretty decent amount of time with that to start, which is interesting to have it be on the horizon of another one that they haven't told us the dates of apparently yep. in a month. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that'll be very exciting for the people that might not... um yet find their confidence to enter the Cyrodiil campaigns yes. for this first event. <laughs> now, now normally, Cyrodiil, as many people know, have four campaigns. And the campaigns are literally the exact same layout of every map. But they do that so that the players are a little bit more spread out and there's not a lot of uh, impact on the servers. But fortunately, whenever they bring an event such as mayhem <laughs> they open up a few more temporary servers and i think they're usually seven day campaigns yeah i think so yeah they usually always stick to seven days i believe and they keep the 30s to just the long-standing ones perfect yep so we have multiple more servers to kind of accommodate the influx of players that we're going to see um it would be my advice for a semi-biased reason that if you are new to PvP and you are coming into Cyrodiil simply to participate in the event, please try one of the seven-day campaigns first before making your way into, say, Greyhost or even Blackreach. There you will be met with a lot more experienced PvPers. And let's just say a little bird might have told me that um, a lot of people might be practicing their bomber builds <laughs> and targeting people who are not so 
PvP savvy. So if you're not quite ready to go in there and die over and over and over, and you simply want to get some of those reward boxes, I would suggest going to a seven-day campaign. Um, <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> agree with that, because it's... For a bunch of reasons, like you said, you're going to have more experienced players because generally that's going to be their home campaigns, which you can pick like a home campaign and you get rewards at the end of the campaign when it closes. Um, a lot of more experienced players will stick to those bigger campaigns, um, specifically Greyhost. And as a side effect, they're going to be the people that are always in there anyways. <laughs> so they yep. definitely know more of what they're doing. The other thing, and I don't mean this in a way that's a that sounds bad, but a lot of people will also make their emperor pushes and stuff like that. Um, the smart way to do it, unless you just love to grind, is to jump in at the start of a campaign reset. And if they're bringing in new seven-day campaigns, a lot of times you will have new people just jumping on. They won't be super established yet. Um, and you'll have a lot of people who are kind of like oh, let me try this out in those seven-day campaigns because they're much more in flux. They're only really available for the event itself, and then they kind of, like, put them away until the next event. Um, mm -hmm. So you'll have a lot more people who are learning or might be there for the same reason you are, which a lot of people are like, I don't want a PvP. I'm just there for my tickets, or I'm just there to level up an alliance skill line. That's totally fine if that's, your, if that's just why you're there. It's going to be a lot less of a struggle bus to do it in one of those seven day campaigns compared to one of the um, larger ones, especially because I don't think any of them are alliance locked for the seven day ones. I think you can flip. So if you play for Ebonheart Pact, but all your friends have jumped on and they're like, oh, well, we all play Daggerfall Covenant. You can if you have a Daggerfall Covenant, you're allowed to switch with no no real problem. If you're in a 30-day, like, Greyhost is locked. Like, until the campaign mm -hmm. ends, you're on the alliance you chose. So there is yep. no switching. Exactly. Um, um, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, for those who've never participated in a white strike or <laughs> mid-year mayhem, it's actually very simple. You will first port into Cyrodiil, and as Lotus just mentioned, try to avoid the 30-day campaign because you will get stuck in there on the alliance <laughs> that you chose. But you'll pour it into Cyrodiil, and you will start a quest by someone by the name of Mara, M-A-E-R-A, -E I Yeah, think. I think Predicant Mara. Yep. So you'll start a quest by her, and it's really simple, uh, super quick. And then she gives you a scroll of Pelennial Ferocity. Now, this scroll is a buff that you would utilize, and it's active for two hours, which gives you double the XP, or alliance points. And if you guys are not familiar with PvP, alliance points are a sense of currency there's just like gold in the game you can purchase siege equipment with it you can even go to the vendors that are all over the map and you can purchase new sets that maybe you don't have yet in your sticker book but uh the scroll expires after two hours but fortunately it lands right there in your inventory so you'll be able to open it back up and reactivate the scroll so keep that in mind yeah but <laughs> again let, let me clarify the than my biased comment that I made earlier. My my guild might actually be homed in Greyhost, and <laughs> we already have to deal with the queues. And if we have a lot more people joining Greyhost, we're going to have a really long queue to get in. So yeah. stick to the seven days. Yeah, to, to that point, um, you know, th there's always the thing of, like, people who like PvP, people who are indifferent to PvP, and people who don't like PvP. And, you know, wherever you fall on that fence, that's fine. But um, you will definitely have a lot more people who this is their excuse to give it a try. And I, with all the varying shows that we've had covering the event and uh, different guests that we've had from PvP, I always say, decide for yourself. Like, mm -hmm. it might not be for you, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, give it a shot and see if, uh, you know, it's enjoyable for you. A surprising amount of people when you just get in some of these big groups can find a new level of the game that's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, going in and not just getting stomped over and over again will definitely <laughs> be a more easing you into the experience. However, if you get blasted in pvp and you can attest to this no one doesn't die in pvp it it mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how good you are everybody is going to die during this <laughs> event now the idea is to die less than <laughs> but nobody just 
is undefeated. That's not how this works. It's fine. And when you have these big, big groups, which is, I know people complain a lot about Zerging. And um, as somebody who's, you know, done pretty much everything there is to do in PvP, I like to say I'm not super great at PvP, but I really enjoy it. And I'm a filthy Zergling. That's my favorite part of the game. I just love just giant hordes doing the keep battles because they're <laughs> the most memorable. Um, but to your point on the queues... <laughs> You're allowed to switch campaigns, and that's why they open these, so that you can find ones that work. Some of them, it will always give you a timer. It's not that accurate, but it gives you a ballpark. If there's 2,000 people in queue, don't wait in that campaign. Just, like, find a different one. You can also do this thing where you can queue for it and then go to another one. It will put you in the other one, and you will remain in that queue. So... If you really want to be in a specific one, queue to that one, but then pick another one so you don't just have to sit around for three hours waiting for your queue <laughs> to pop. You can still do something. Um, it's something that a lot of people didn't realize last event, so I wanted to like bring it up. That it's like you don't have to sit in the queue. Um, there, there's ways to continue playing and have fun and get your AP and do whatever. And you know, not all of it relates to needing to just blast your opponents nonstop or whatever. If you follow the Zerg around, they will sort of direct you on the field, even without comms, because you'll kind of have groups like Nellie's and the Misfits, who you actually have a direction because you coordinate this stuff. If you follow groups like this, it you can provide more help than you might even realize to the side just by being backup on the situation. Mm -hmm. And your group, you've got the Misfits, um, you guys, I assume, do a decent <laughs> amount of, like, organization. At least from what I've seen on your streams, it's funny because sometimes you will need to, like, go into super focus face so that you can actually, like, <laughs> flip stuff because it yep. does take a decent amount of coordination. It's actually why I dislike being crown because I <laughs> don't have that type of coordination. I would much rather just be like, yeah, tell me where to go and I'll do the thing as opposed to trying to lead all those people around. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, and I would actually say that in Greyhost, the environment is so much more advanced than, say, Blackreach. So if you're looking to participate in sieging keeps, taking the doors down, entering, killing the NPCs, flipping the flags, making it the color of your alliance, you're probably going to want to go to Blackreach to do that. If you are in Greyhost... That's where you're going to find a lot more experienced players that are running in tight-knit groups. You've you're probably heard the term ball group before. And um, you're going to encounter that. And what that really looks like is 12 people charging you with multiple attacks going off, pulling you, stunning you, and there's nothing you can do. And you just get completely rolled over. And you're going to find that in Greyhost. So leading a group to try to counter that or even take that kind of group down is, is a lot more complicated and does require the focus space for sure. But that's another reason, if you're new to PvP, we are both recommending that you go to a seven-day campaign because you're probably going for the rewards. Am I right? It almost, but <laughs> yeah. But I, I think at least for the majority, that's the case, especially if it's like, if you haven't decided whether you this is for you necessarily, like a portion of the game you really want to get into. Well, if you're testing it out, you might as well get as many rewards out of it before you got to go anyways. So like, mm -hmm. it's definitely more advantageous to jump in and, and, and have something that will net you more than, okay, I'm dead and I don't even know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And if, if you guys didn't know, um, once a day you get a boon box and inside of the box you'll probably get things like transmute crystals or style pages or materials for crafting or siege equipment that is actually pretty rare that you only can get from the uh, dolmens that actually are in the map of Cyrodiil. But um, that's what people go for. And you'll likely find style pages of Akaviri or the three alliances like AD, DC, and EP. So you'll find style pages that you might not have collected, but they're, they're really exciting, especially if you guys are farming those transmute crystals. You will get a lot of those in PvP. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think of a few other things because, you know, a, a lot of people have mentioned that they wish they kind of had a better idea going into this. Um, there's actually a few guides, which I, I figure I will mention as well, because, again, it, 
this event lasts for a little bit. It's a little under two weeks. Um, and then there'll be another one on the horizon. Um, usually in order to get the event tickets, so I assume it will be the same as always, um, you do a quest in Cyrodiil. Um, and at your home base alliance, you will have these like boards and they have repeatables. You can grab any of them. You can grab all of them. Some are substantially easier than others. <laughs> um, but by completing one of those, you'll get your tickets for um, the event. And there's also one for doing it in the Imperial City, doing one of those dailies as well, um, which we can kind of get into the other two versions of PvP available. Um, and there's another one if you don't... Uh, yeah, it's, Cyrod it's Cyrodiil or Battlegrounds count as one of the ticket qualities, and it's Imperial City's the other one independently. Mm -hmm. So you do one of those two or uh, oh, and the other one to maximize how much you're getting each day. Um, you had mentioned the boombox thing, which you get in the mail, which just comes from accumulated alliance points. Like that's what's kind of popping you consistent. What are they called? Rewards from the worthy. I was like, I, mm -hmm. why am I brain farting on that? <laughs> um, which again, they can have all sorts of good stuff in them. Um, so that's kind of like your collection version of stuff um, for leveling. It's not XP based. So alliance points also sort of are their, their currency and also sort of a form of experience just for PVP. Um, so your alliance rank, if you go to your campaign tab and look down in the bottom corner, it'll say what rank you are in PVP. It's from one to 50. And by getting alliance points, that goes up. Uh, that goes up. That's how you get your uh, assault and support skill lines. So again, mm -hmm. double AP, it's going to speed that up substantially. If you have those scrolls, those stack as well with the uh, AP buff. So that's another way to really streamline it if you want. But again, getting from one to what is it? Eight is the max? Is eight the max or is it 10 for PvP? It's I 10. Know. It is 10. It's okay. So getting up there, the last couple are a bit challenging, but for the most part, you don't need that much AP to get up through the skill lines if that's the only <laughs> reason you're there. Um, you get like. I think if you capture a keep during this event, you automatically unlock rapids since they repositioned it or whatever. Like the, the, so it's like it's it's pretty streamlined nowadays compared to what it was back in the day, where it took a little bit of work to get there. Um, mm -hmm. Do you do much with the Imperial City? A little bit, yeah. But um, before we talk about that, yes, I wanted to let you guys know that there is a little training that you can do at the gate when you Very first enter Cyrodiil. That actually can bump you up to level two already on your assault and support line. There you just go. completing that quest. Yes. And, and I was going to say, you don't even need to leave really for that. It's, mm -mm. it's literally like PV door, essentially, yep. in the safety of your own keep. <laughs> yep. You can't be killed for that little quest. And also, if you guys didn't know, every time you imp or get a rank in PvP, you get a skill point. Yes. So if you're farming skill points, that's a really easy way to do it, especially during these events. Yeah. Those first 15 levels come real quick. The last ones are a turbo grind, but like the yeah. first 15 are really, really not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Imperial City? Yeah. So Imperial City. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> Cyrodiil is definitely my favorite mode, so we'll we'll kind of just I I want to overview for everybody all the aspects of PvP, but Imperial City I not super my thing, but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so they have the dailies down in the sewer system, just like we had mentioned. You can do one of those. You can also because the event hasn't started yet. If you go in now and actually complete these quests, those quests specifically in the Imperial City are entirely PVE. Um, so they they don't even involve you needing to fight other players. Um, you can complete that and keep it in your log and just wait to turn it in until the event starts. If you want to try to like make life a little less <laughs> painful, because then if you get a new one during the event while you're in the event and you get it, you can theoretically then turn that in the following day. So you can kind of be a bit ahead of the game and not be in such a rush to keep up. Um, but Imperial City, much more condensed. It's broken into districts. 
Um, there's the underground sewer system. There is a lot more PVE as well happening um, in the Imperial City. But uh, I would say that if the Imperial City is where you're heading, you are looking for quicker fights to be involved with. You agree or disagree? Nope, I, I agree. Um, you'll definitely find a lot more players in Cyrodiil simply because it's all open land. But if you go to Imperial City, your target is to kill the bosses because there's an entirely separate source of currency in Imperial City called Telvar. And you collect that by killing the PvE side of that zone. However, there could be enemy players lurking by because... When you die in Imperial City, you lose half of your Telvar every time. So if you're stocking up on it, killing all these bosses, the PvE side of Imperial City, and a boss kills you, you'll lose 50%. Or if a player kills you, they take the 50%. Yes. So you there, lose something. There's a lot more incentive for people to attack other players as opposed to push districts or anything along those lines. That's still useful but there's a lot more incentive in the Imperial City to basically just take out other people, um, which the Telvars are another thing where you will end up building these up. They are fragments of the Imperial Tower is what they're referred to in game. Um, but it's essentially another form of currency. This is dating back to when the game originally launched and there were a lot of currencies. <laughs> um and there are specific Telvar vendors that will um, sell you somewhat unique things down in the sewer system of your home alliance base. Um, as Nelly mentioned, if you get killed, half of your Telvars in your inventory are taken from you. Be aware, a lot of times you will get these Telvars as logins. So if you haven't been paying attention to this, you may have a ton of these on your character and not realize it, which will be real unfortunate if you then go out and get blasted. Um, so keep in mind, you get a multiplier for the amount of Telvar you have on you, up to four times. If you are holding 10,000 of them, I think it is. It's the four mm -hmm. times multiplier. Um, however, <laughs> if you're nervous about getting uh, blasted, that's correct, Nightdale. <laughs> um, <laughs> You can go to your bank and deposit them like any other currency. So keep that in mind if this isn't something you're super experienced with. This is kind of going to be our tutorial 101 for this event <laughs> just because I've had a lot of questions about this. You can deposit your Telvar stones. You can deposit your alliance points, but you can't lose your alliance points to your opponents. Um, but it's advantageous if you're worried about losing your Telvar stones. Drop them in your bank before you go into a combat zone, um, because then they can't take them because it won't remove them from your bank. It's only what is on your character that can be taken. Yep. Other than that, um, I don't feel there's a lot to say about Imperial City. It's... Uh, well, I there's would, the interesting part in the sewers with Molag Bell. There is. The there's the simulacrum. And I will say that the storyline to the Imperial City is actually really interesting and relatively underrated because nobody does it anymore. Um, because if people are doing story content, they tend not to go to PvP zones. <laughs> and if you are a PvP or you more often than not don't care too much about the story portion. It's like that weird overlap that happens to be the group that likes to do them. And once you've done the story, I, I mean, I did it back in the day when Imperial City was new, but that was eight years ago at this point. I have no idea. <laughs> a very long time ago. Um, but the reason I would kind of say the story is totally worth doing if that's something you you know you're interested in and it's actually a really cool storyline with some pretty interesting boss fights including the simulacrum in the middle um of the sewer system against molag ball however wait till after this event before you try to do it <laughs> good <laughs> be advice be because there are people everywhere the imperial city is not the most popular place outside the event so you can actually pve in there with minimal problems it is just going to be a frustration fest if you're trying to do the quest during this event because most likely i mean i i main from the playstation side of things i know 
based on servers, there's a little difference in in population amounts and stuff like that. Both the uh, CP enabled and non CP enabled um, Imperial cities are never not pop locked during this event on all three factions. Don't do the story when all three factions are pop locked. You're just going to get frustrated. So if that's what you want to do, just wait till after the event, especially right after the event, because that's when the least amount of people are going to be there because they're all going to be burnt out from being in there from the event. So you'll have like free reign to do the story. Just don't torture yourself by doing it that way. Um, Anything else you want to specifically mention about Imperial City before we tackle the third of the hmm. options. Well, I think Imperial City, a lot of people are motivated to collect as much Telvar as possible because yeah. a lot of the items that you can purchase with Telvar go for a lot of money, especially on the PCNA server. Um, there is a particular runestone called a Hykejo, which when used in your armor gives you basically try stats to your armor, yep. which is very desirable, especially in PvP. So if you get a Hykejo, it's about 5,000 Telvar to get one of them. You can turn around and sell them. Right now, I, I think they're up to like 60,000 oh gold God, in PCNA. PC stress me out. <laughs> it's ridiculous, the inflation. But um, there are also really cool things such as um, costumes uh, for your characters that you can purchase with Telvar as well. And... Um, those also sell very well if yep. you don't yourself like it or want to equip it to your character. But um, they have a lot of fun things that you can buy. There's um, alchemy satchels yep. that give you tons of flowers and stuff. Yeah. And if you guys make a lot of potions, you'll want that too. So there is a lot of money to be made in Imperial City, but you get to decide if it's worth the risk. Yeah. Um, on the note of a lot of people, if you're looking to get into more advanced PvE as well, um, this is actually the place that you can get the set powerful assault that is often used for supports in um, trials and stuff like that. So if that's something you're looking for and haven't really looked into where to get it, you can always buy it off guild traders uh, if, if you would rather, but if you're going to be messing around with the event anyways, along with all the boxes of supplies you can get down there that Nelly just mentioned, um, this is also where you can get the powerful assault set. Um, it, it randomly rolls pieces, so good luck if you're searching for the ice staff, because it'll never drop. But um, other, th <laughs> other than that, the rest of the pieces are not that bad to get. Um, so yeah, the, that's just good point. There, yeah, there's stuff to spend specifically your, your Telvars on down in the sewers. And then our final mode that you can tackle if pvp is something you're looking into for this event it's battlegrounds which um <laughs> i guess you either love battlegrounds or you hate battlegrounds um just because everything in pvp yep. is divisive <laughs> <laughs> but um yep. yeah so why don't you start with anything you would like to chime in sure. with battlegrounds <laughs> getting people used to the idea of it Okay, well, I would like to say from a personal experience, I used to never like Battlegrounds because okay. all I played were support builds in PvP. So I was either a healer mm -hmm. or some type of character that provided some something to the rest of my team so that collectively we were stronger. So going into a Battleground, which you can either queue with three other people, like going into a dungeon or something, or you can queue in solo. Um that wasn't very fun. But recently, I have been playing on a Nightblade that does a lot of damage, and I'm having the time of my life in Battlegrounds. There you go. <laughs> now, the thing about Battlegrounds is there are, I want to say, four different modes, or is it five? Um, so there's Got Team Deathmatch. Deathmatch. There's Chaos Ball. Chaos Ball. Capture the Capture Relic. Capture the Relic. Um, the Crazy King. Crazy King, Domination. And domination. And I think that's, that's it. it. Yeah, I think that's it. So there's five. So there's five, yep. And these are PvP games, essentially. You've got three teams. They're not your traditional alliances. So if one of your buddies is on Daggerfell and you're on Ebonheart, you will both be on the same team in Battlegrounds. But you've got three different teams in Battlegrounds. You don't know which of those games you're going to land in. Yep. And <laughs> it's a mixture of... Trying to play the objective 
which is, for example, Chaos Ball, you want to be the first team to grab the ball and you want to hold it as long as you can while all these other players are trying to kill you to take it from you. But at the same time, the ball is trying to kill you. It slowly eats away at your health. (laughs) (laughs) So you are trying to keep this ball for the life of you while all these enemy players are also trying to get that ball from you. So that's where the PvP part comes in. You need to stay alive if everybody's attacking you, but you also need to be able to fight off them if they have the ball and you want to take it from them. So you have a team or you have random people you don't know that you're a color and you guys are in there and you're either playing the objective or as some of my other PvP savvy friends would say, every battleground is a death match and they purely go in there to kill everybody. Correct. Um, A lot of people will play like that, um, which is an interesting scenario because uh, oftentimes I've had teams completely destroy us on the kill scoreboard and we beat them by like 500 points because they never even once saw an objective. So although that can be very frustrating, you will actually get the substantial, ugh, substantially bigger payout from this um, if this is the reason you're doing these things because as we had mentioned, there's like dailies. They're outside your um, starter city. They're kind of everywhere, too, in all the DLC as well, where you can pick up um, your little daily quests. And there's also the benefit of doing the random one, just like a random dungeon. You made the reference to like joining as a group. You can just queue for a random battleground um, each day. It has an enormous experience bonus, just like a random dungeon. And you will get credit for the win if you come in first place or second place. And although it's terrible advice because I hate when people do it to me, I'm going to give it to other people just because it's useful to getting through your daily if you need to. If you are getting crushed by one team, you don't need to play to win. You need to play not to lose, (laughs) which is not good game design. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) that aside, if you can fight for second place, and kind of like work uh, with the other team to make sure one team stays below you, that will still get you your daily completed. It is incredibly frustrating if you are the team that's getting dunked on by both other teams, but just something to keep in mind if you're trying to do it quickly. Um, And the experience or the, you know, because you'll get alliance points as well for your matches. Um, (laughs) The payout's actually like really good in Battlegrounds. Even if you come in third place, you get a pretty decent amount of alliance points um, through those things. And no matter what, you're getting something because the matches do end. Whereas in Cyrodiil, theoretic or, or the Imperial City, if you're not progressing forward, theoretically, if you're just running on your own and you're not following a group or whatever, you can spend a lot of time not doing much of anything. No matter what, even if you're just trying to learn the ropes and you go 0 and 35 with no objectives in a game, the match ends and you get your payment for it. Um, so that's somewhat useful just to keep in mind if you want a consistent form of alliance points, especially if this is something new to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, other than that, uh, Battlegrounds is just kind of like another another kind of option. These are your three modes that are covered by this event. And I figure that's kind of like, I don't know, our Mayhem 101 for, <laughs> for this for everybody. <laughs> because I do uh, know that a lot of people have been asking about all of this, and sometimes we have stories about this as I'm down to my last Battlegrounds achievement. Um, so, like, I've been playing it a lot, and people have sent me messages like, oh, what exactly do you mean by you were doing this? Or, you know, what is the Guardian thing? And um, I figured this might just be helpful for all the new players or people who've just been out of PvP for quite a while. Um, it's, it's something that's, you know, hopefully going to... Uh, just give you a grounding to keep in mind when you get into this event. And actually, as Kyle just mentioned in chat, something that I think is actually super worth noting, I, f- I never found one of these. Uh, I bought mine. But Me too. <laughs> to this point, it is actually really, really valuable to note this. Um, if you find a green book <laughs> in Cyrodiil... Um, it is an incredibly valuable recipe. 
Um, mm-hmm. It will allow you to make Alliance War Torts, um, which will give, well, if you get the Cyrodiilic Citrus from doing town quests, every town quest you do will give you one of these Cyrodiilic Citrus things. It's a, it's a recipe that when you make this in a provisioning station and eat it, you can eat it along with normal food or normal drink, depending on what you're using as a buff. Um, it will give you 50% more alliance points. If you don't care about that, sell it. It is yes. worth a lot of money because it is... Over a million, maybe yeah, two at this point. Even on console, it's like a million dollars. Like, it is <laughs> really, really, really rare. Um, so... Just something to keep your eye on, and then I'm actually glad Kyle brought up, because it's like, uh, yeah, actually, I've yet to ever find one of those. So if that's a thing you see, and, you know, absolutely grab that. Um, mm-hmm. But what we will do now, as um, that was kind of our, like, 101 section, uh, we're going to just do a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're just going to get some background from Nelly on uh, how you got started in ESO and the PvP side of this and all that good stuff. So give us just one second, everybody, and we will be right back. All right, we are back, and before we actually jump into uh, kind of the tail section and backgrounds and everything like that, um, one thing that uh, Nelly came up with that's probably worth noting, especially if this is new to you, is the size of the group you're looking to work with based on the three modes we just talked about. So if you start with something like Battlegrounds, it's between one and four people per team there are three teams in the battleground so at most you're only going to have 12 people in the fight at maximum um and the game usually does a good job of making the teams even even if people quit it fills it in relatively quickly um you can solo queue like you can with a dungeon or you can queue as a group like you had mentioned before as well and it's it's definitely better for a small in out situation mm-hmm. imperial city a little larger um, you can join as a group up to 12, but if you just go in solo to do PvE or run around and gank, gank being a like short term for like jumping people when they're not expecting it, <laughs> um, smaller scale combat is much, much more common in Imperial City. Granted, during the event, you'll kind of have roaming bands of just people who oftentimes aren't even in a group they just kind of all run next to each other just because Mm -hmm. they follow the wave of whatever side they're on but um again it's much smaller scale combat because you're in the streets of the imperial city um cyrodiil itself now you can go in solo but that's probably not best unless you're very experienced with what you're doing um Mm -hmm. and Again, max uh, group size is 12 now. It's no longer 24 for any of the old-time vets who used to remember 24. Uh, bring back 24, even though it apparently was a huge problem on servers, but whatever, I prefer <laughs> big... Um, but, you know, a lot of more experienced groups will also lead multiple groups of 12. So, like, even though they're not technically grouped, they're grouped. Um, mm. It makes life much easier if you are in a bigger group, um, oftentimes called zerging or ball group. Well, ball groups are much more organized than just a zerg. Um, but to that note, if you say you just don't have any friends that are interested in this specific mode, um, a lot of times you will see in zone chat people Xing up or LFGing and stuff like that. Um, if you are totally on your own in Cyrodiil and would like to get part of a group and you don't feel like being social, which is fine. Like oftentimes I don't necessarily want to listen to 11 people I don't know screaming at each other or doing whatever <laughs> they're doing. But um, proper etiquette, if you're going to join one of those, which will make your life a lot easier. If somebody is collecting players and you type lfg and somebody grabs you for example like typing lfg oftentimes you'll just get a random invite much more so during this event because there's so many leads going around 
That's mm-hmm. fine. That's great. Not too many. Well, I mean, there's varying degrees of skill, obviously, but usually people running these groups, even if they're pickup groups or pugs, they have some more of a grounding in what they're doing and they just need people um, essentially mm-hmm. just like warm bodies to man siege equipment pretty much. Um, so they they're not going to expect the world of you, which is is fine because they know that they're just like we need more players. When you join one of these groups, something to do, and a lot of people in the past have mentioned kind of like, well, I don't even understand why I was kicked from group or whatever. When you get in one of these groups, if you're willing, if you're joining this group, you are kind of joining along with what they're doing. Follow the crown on your map and radar, whatever. They are your lead. They are the one that's trying to get the group into one location. Don't run off and do your own thing. And Drop the group if that's what you're going to do. <laughs> but if you're in one of these groups, even if you're just kind of passively running along with them, follow the crown. They're going to lead you to your objectives. Um, and by doing so, it's always good to get your own siege equipment. They will be throwing it at you in these, like, gift boxes, like Nelly had mentioned. Granted, those ones are better against players than they are against actual structures. <laughs> uh, but you can always buy it from vendors as well. Um, but when you go to these places, the lead will usually explain where they're attacking, whether it's the front door or the wall or whatever the case. Siege in that direction... I personally don't care when people do it, but it's kind of in poor taste to steal other people's siege equipment when they're <laughs> sieging. <laughs> don't do that. You, these are things that will potentially get you kicked out of a group because it's like, well, okay, if I'm running three siege things, it might look weird, but it's because I can run three siege engines at a time, not because I'm doing it wrong. So it's like I don't need <laughs> help in that situation. So bring your own siege equipment to these fights and don't steal other people's and stick with the crown. If you're going to be in a group with these people, that's supposed to be the benefit of being in a big group. Yeah. Um, how, I, I don't know how often you deal with like pickups <laughs> as opposed to just like your normal crew. Um, but yeah, that, that can be a mixed bag when you don't know who you're dealing it, with. <laughs> it, it really is. And, you know, Surprisingly, that's kind of how I started. I was um, entering Cyrodiil, I think, during an event years ago, maybe four years ago at this okay. point. Um, never PvP'd before. I was just, I no idea what to do. And I said, hey, I'm looking for a group. And a guild at the time picked me up and told me to join their Discord, listen in. I was like, oh, okay, I don't know you guys. It's okay, you know, it's all new. <laughs> and I'm listening to them and I'm hearing the guy in charge and he's just like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I'm literally just following, following along. Yes. And there's really no explanation at that point. And I would like to elaborate on what the objective is in Cyrodiil because I don't know that many people know. Even know what the in. point of this is? Yeah. <laughs> right. So on the map of Cyrodiil are... Six scrolls, the Elder Scrolls, actually. <laughs> uh, who would have thought? Yeah, weird and, how um, those are in the game. <laughs> that's so weird. So all six scrolls, one, one offensive and one defensive scroll for each of the three factions. And these scrolls are protected in temples behind gates. And the gates are protected by keeps outside that are owned by your alliance. And those keeps can be taken over by the other alliances and they can gain access to your temple and take your scroll. Now, the offensive and defensive scrolls do help with all of your gameplay when you're in there. So if they have your offensive scroll, you're probably not gonna do as much damage as they are and they're gonna get bonuses for that. So when Lotus is talking about sieging, you purchase siege with your alliance points and you equip it to your quick slot bar and you use it to take down the doors. Now, Cyrodiil is not intended for solo play. There are a lot of really experienced solo PvPers out there, which you may encounter. But the goal of Cyrodiil is to move as an army because you are essentially trying to infiltrate a keep by tearing down its doors or its walls with your siege equipment, get inside, kill all of the NPCs that are guarding it and other players if they're there, and flip the keep to your color by standing on the flag as it slowly changes from the original color that it was to your color. Now, 
Something as simple as a RAM in Cyrodiil takes six bodies for its full potential. You can operate a RAM with three people, but you want six. Now, if you're in there solo, you can't even use a RAM. So right. the idea of Cyrodiil is to have a group. Now, back to what he was saying about pugging, that is very difficult because you have people in there that are just completely terrified. They don't know how to move around the map. They die. They don't know what to do. Because if you die in PvP, you cannot res on the spot. Somebody has to res you. And if there's nobody there to res you, you have to res at the nearest keep that is the color of your alliance. And that could be across the map if you made it all the way over there before dying. So you might really have to start over. So Cyrodiil is intended for group play and running with people who have different objectives can be really, really stressful, especially if you're leading it. Some people want to play for the score. They want to take as much of the map as possible. Some people want to go in there and find all of the fights and just test their abilities and test their builds. And it really depends on what the group is doing. Yep. And like Lotus said, if you don't want to stick with the crown or do what the group is doing, please excuse yourself and leave the group. There's nothing more stressful than being in charge and trying to redirect everybody somewhere and somebody is squirreling off and doing their own thing. So be respectful. Yeah, especially when it's like a situation of maybe somebody else is looking for that group play and you're taking the spot while doing your own thing. And it's like, okay, well, (laughs) yeah, that's um, I guess. One last thing that I guess we should probably mention, which I almost forgot about because I no longer do it because I haven't mm-hmm. done an push in literally years. Um, mm. But when you go to uh, caves, again, this is another thing that you kind of want to only do this if your group is doing this or you're on your own. Then that's totally fine. It's not a big deal. But. There are delves scattered throughout all of Cyrodiil. Um, If you're doing the town quest, they sometimes will even lead you to them. If you can kill one of the named enemies with the custom boss bars, it will give you a uh, like a war boon thing. And you'll get 20% bonus alliance points as long as it's up. It lasts for one hour. Um, It's a great thing to have for, again, maximizing the amount of AP you're getting out of this event. It's also very crucial. We're not going to get into Emperor push mechanics (laughs) or anything like that, because this is supposed to be a 101, not a (laughs) do all that stuff. Um, But it's really great for leveling up. And oftentimes, if you're in a group that's really pushing for a specific objective, they will have it on a specific timing of, okay, we'll be able to get in and out of the next one and re-get our buff before we go, you know, to the next thing. So there's no downtime on it. Um, Again, if your group isn't doing that, do not just bumble off um, doing your own thing. Because I want to get the buff, it doesn't matter. If your group's not doing that, then again, kind of like recuse yourself from the group if that's what matters Mm -hmm. more to you. Um, There are a couple things to note about this. You need to get at least one hit on this thing in order for it to count. It doesn't really matter how much damage you do. I don't think it's a 112 thing the way often... Well, I mean, if you're in a group of 12, more often than not, there's only 12. So like... (laughs) It's pretty easy to be in the top 12, but um, you do need to actually hit the boss for it to count for you. So if a group is going in there and you happen to be first or second, don't delete the boss so fast before anybody else in the group can catch up (laughs) and do it because that is a real shit thing to do to the rest of your team. Um, It's pretty poor taste because the bosses tend to take a while to respawn in the delves. Um, So that's that's very poor etiquette as well and actually as something uh kyle pointed out and i ran into the last event for a while because ironically we were pushing in a campaign that was pop locked the whole time um if your server is packed to the rafters when you look at the actual server list from your campaigns menu it's just like in your options menu you'll have the campaign thing when you highlight the campaign you're in there will be three bars around each faction the first bar is low pop. Well, zero bars is low pop. Then then there's one bar, two bar. And when it gets to three bars, there's often a padlock that goes over that. That means that alliance is capped out on the amount of players there. If all three of them have padlocks, the server is pop locked. So oftentimes you'll have that's where the queue system we had mentioned earlier comes into play. There is this really weird programming loophole thing, which 
is is rough. If the server is currently pop locked and you go into a delve, you are technically moved into another instance briefly. <laughs> if you try to come out of that delve as someone had joined in the mid level there and nobody had left in his stead, you could be stuck in that delve until a spot opens up again. So keep that in mind. That almost never happens outside the event, <laughs> but it can happen semi-frequently during the event. So something else just to note, um, because it took us a while back in the day to figure out what the hell was happening. When we were like, why are we trapped in this delve? We can't get out. Like, it was annoying. So just something else to note. Um, but with that, I was going to say, I think that's our, that's a pretty good conclusion to that before, um, this is going to be a kind of more informative episode, but before we like, you know, close up shop, how did you get involved with ESO and all this Nelly? Like you've <laughs> mentioned, you've been here for a while. You've been a PVP -er for a while, which is also interesting because again, on this show, as well as everywhere else. It's no joke that PvP does not get the same love PvE does. So, um, yeah, what brought you to ESO? Were you are you an Elder Scrolls player outside this? <laughs> like, what what was it about ESO and then about the PvP that got you kind of involved with this and the community? Because recently you even got partner, which is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Oh, well, thanks for asking. Um, I I will say that I I played Oblivion. Okay. And I played Skyrim. Okay. So you've and got some background in the series little. beyond just ESO. Yep. Um, and it was actually my, my dad who got me into all of these games. My oh, dad wow. is, okay. both of my parents are avid gamers. Now, unfortunately, they're WoW players, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but my dad did play The Elder Scrolls when it came out. So that's when I first discovered it. And I played up until Veteran Rank, which at the time Ooh, was 50, and okay. then it stopped. That's a throwback. And <laughs> I will say that I probably stopped playing for a couple of years because I was like, oh, well, I got to 50. Now what? And yep. just forgot about it. But I was paying for ESO Plus. <laughs> I didn't oh, no. know. <laughs> so fast forward a couple of years, I'm like, oh, Elder Scrolls Online has changed. Let me go give it a shot. And I've got all of this currency and I'm seeing these, these um, things coming out of my bank statements. I'm like, what on earth? But if you're an ESO Plus subscriber, you get what are called crowns, which is a currency. And you can buy some really neat things. Everything all the way up to purchasing DLCs and gifting them to your friends if mm -hmm. they don't have them. So I got back into it because I owed it to myself, quite literally. <laughs> and I did a lot of PvE stuff. I think I managed to get my character to like CP 400. And I was really proud of that. And that's when I decided during a Mayhem event to pop into Cyrodiil and bye-bye PVE. I mean, I was yeah, hooked. That was, that was the end of it for you. <laughs> that yeah. was the end. So that's, that's in a nutshell what happened. And that previous guild that I was part of after a month put a, a rank on my head and I was leading PVP runs. And of course, I was still very new, but people liked my leading style. So we proceeded to do that for a little while. There were some dynamic shifts in the guild, and I ended up disbanding, well, leaving, excuse me, and starting my own guild with a, a lot of peer pressure from several friends. And they're just like, Nelly, make a guild. It'll just be for us. It'll be a place where we could socialize. I'm like, no, starts. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I know. I don't want to. They're like, come on, you can call it Nelly's Misfits. It'll just be us. And I'm like, okay. So I did that. And then fast forward three years. I think our, our guild anniversary is on the 24th of this month. Three years old, we are a formidable force in Cyrodiil. A lot of people know us. We have improved significantly as PvP players, but more importantly, we established a type of community from the beginning and have maintained that community all the way up until even now, and we continue to move forward with that. And I think by far, in a non-biased way, the best part about my guild, Nelly's Misfits, is that we stand for fun PvP play, not the toxic, salty, sweaty drama that you see in PvP. Hell, you see it in PvE too, yeah, yeah, I was might I say, add. That's not exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> you see? yeah. So our guild was certainly built around the fundamentals of enjoying the play not looking at other players as enemies, but as people that you can learn from. So 
when we started bringing people into Misfits that played for the other alliances, because we've always been Edmund Hart packed, like mainly, and then (laughs) correct, Correct. (laughs) no other way. Um, But we opened up the guild to other alliances to join us and learn from one another. And now we consider ourselves Trifaction, but all of our guild events are on Ebon Heart Pact. Um, so anytime you see us in PvP, Cyrodiil, Imperial City, we're always Ebon Heart Pact. Um, but we actually learned from our air quotes enemies. And I think that is where we really decided that if you try to enjoy the game, you can't look at these other players as actual enemies. Now, of course, the Elder Scrolls Online is as as an MMORPG. So you have people that followed the lore for their specific alliances and they actually fight for a cause and they're loyalists. And if you, if you're on the other team, you are actually an enemy and you'll get that kind of salt in the whispers, believe me. But um, our guild is certainly built around community and fun who just happen to be addicted to PVP. So that's where we are three years later. So, From the um, from that side of things, so that we can kind of close up this episode, um, where could people like find you and get a hold of you and, you know, <laughs> check out your streams, find out if like, you know, if you ever are recruiting for the Misfits, like what do they do? Like where 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 are you available for everybody? <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, well, I actually do stream as well. And my Twitch tag is Nelly Serendipity, as indicated in the title here. So you're welcome to come and watch and see if you like the community and see if we vibe with you. We are definitely rated M and we say rated M for misfits, but in reality, (laughs) you know what we mean. So there's a lot of crude jokes, a lot of crude humor. So if that's not your your space, then then you may want to reconsider. But We are also a lot more advanced in PvP, and we weren't always, I'm not tooting my own horn here, we've come a long way. So if you are already experienced in PvP and you're looking for a community to continue to PvP with, and you're not opposed to perhaps changing the build on your character so that it serves the group, you can find us in the Guild Finder. If you search for a PvP guild, Edmund Heart Pact, you will find Nelly's Misfits. Um, otherwise, you will always see us in the game. You will always see somebody in Cyrodiil with the Nelly's Misfits tabard on. If you want to contact me directly in game, it's Nelly.Serendipity. So we're trying to keep it simple here. Simple If works. you want to reach out, I'm happy to answer any questions. If you are brand, brand new to Cyrodiil, our guild is not going to be the right place for you anymore simply because we don't really have the time or leadership to teach people the basics. But... I have a community Discord server attached to my stream, so if you guys check me out on tomorrow, actually, when I go live, we have a whole section of builds that you're more than welcome to try on your character, and these are all support builds. So if that's something that you can put together, I'm happy to bring you along and let you run in one of our PvP runs and see if it's right for you or not. Cool. And you're on placed, uh, PC North America, correct? Correct. Okay. PCNA. Yes. So just to make sure of all of that. Um Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. I, I, I'm glad we got to kind of do an overview for everybody as it had been quite a while since we had been able to address this. And uh, hopefully, you know, this clears it up for anybody. If anybody has any more questions, um, don't hesitate to shoot them over to us at the show. It's not, or me personally, it's not a big deal. Um, none of these questions are stupid. You just don't know, like, none of us just magically knew all this stuff. Like, I stand by some of, like, before I was on podcasts or any of this stuff, watching me do some of the stuff I did in game, people were like, what is the matter with you? And <laughs> it's just because I had to fail a bunch in order to figure it out. So, um, yeah, this is all, you know, it's always new to somebody. So, you know, if it's not for you, that's totally fine as well. But give it a shot. People are oftentimes surprised how entertaining uh, the PvP in one way or another can be. Once, especially much like PVE, once you have the right group for it. Um, but as for the show, and uh, if you're interested in following everything that we do, you can head over to TalesOfTamrielPodcast.com. There you can find links to all of our social media and content. Be sure to check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash the UESP. Um, 
If you want to help support the show and earn awesome Elder Scrolls themes rewards from there, you can consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify um, so that people know that we are a real podcast, that we say real words, and sometimes it matters. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on this episode of Tales of Tamriel, and we will see you all next time. Enjoy mayhem! When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout, Red Diamond, Red Diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red Diamond, Red Diamond, protect us till the The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on seer it fell. And like a dart shot to its mark, down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong. Then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone. To Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end.